0: You tell a story that in maybe different company is like everybody starts sharing their like dirty sex stories,
1: <laughs> and instead people
0: are like, "Oh man, have you had that? Uh, have you had that new Belma Hop? I've loved it." And lot, you <laughs> yeah. know, <like> the, <laughs> I
2: like, am.
3: That's what I'm doing. I'm inviting people to tell stories like that. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I'm. That's like if I told that story to my friends, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that one time." You know, like. This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. It's the first episode of the podcast in the new year. I started it, uh, the first week of July, I think maybe July 1st, the first episode dropped, which makes it really easy to keep track of how many episodes you have done because I did, uh, I think it was 26 episodes in 2020 and, uh, only one without a guest. And it wasn't because I haven't been able to book guests. It was just, uh, it was right around the election. And first off, you just don't want to make somebody come on and have an ill-informed opinion
2: about the election. And if we're being honest, most of our opinions are ill-informed. I if if this if 2020
0: was any indication. And uh let's be clear, we it still feels like we're in late 2020.
1: <laughs> like
0: the, I've seen there's a lot of these like memes. My dad sent me a meme today that says uh it's like a middle finger to 2020. There's a lot of fuck 2020 memes out there. We're still in 2020. Let's let's give February through like mid-March to 2019 and let's call now until whenever this world comes back to close to normal. Let's give that all to 2020 and then let's really live it up in whatever like the the Five months or or the nine nine five that's like a that was a Freudian not Freudian I don't know anything about psychology it was a slip I don't think it's gonna be only five months of good months in twenty twenty one today's guest is Enosaurus what an intro for Enosaurus 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 I've known this man for like six or seven years I still can't pronounce his, his name uh, correctly all the time and. I think we addressed that in the podcast. I think he, so what I, what I love about Eno is he's one of these guys, you know, when people drink, we talk about this on the episode, so I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like this is a, a thing that I'm, I'm just pontificating on for the first time. But when people drink, they will sometimes, there's, there's a certain kind of drinker that will just flip a switch and they become like a different person. They they suddenly can't, uh, I mean, the balance thing is, maybe we've all been there, but they become like a violent person or a little bit of a psychopath, like there's a psychopath switch. Eno doesn't have that. All that happens when Eno drinks, in my brief experience drinking with Eno, is that he becomes more and more Eno. Some of the stories he tells today, I've told people in confidence because the first time I heard them, it was an in confidence. We were drinking at an event thing. You know, it used to be the editor in chief, uh, maybe of BeerGraphs.com, dot com, the now defunct BeerGraphs.com. dot com. He's still involved in beer. Uh, he's, I mean, tweets a lot about beer, but let's see.
2: He's got a. He's got a. Uh, Come on, Casey, can you type? He has a, uh, let's see, supportbeer.com
0: is something that he started at the beginning of the pandemic to uh, help breweries all across the
2: country. So check that out. I wrote, I wrote, I didn't even really write very much. I had a podcast at Beer Graphs, and uh, Eno was just always cool to me the whole time. And I mean, I love baseball, and I think I think that I've I uh,
0: understand analytics better than most comedians, which is to say, at all. And I love Eno's work. Eno writes for The Athletic now. He used to write for Fangraphs dot com and a variety of other of other outlets very very sharp and smart dude and a very interesting story that you will be able to consume at some point in Eno's life i've gotten a little bit of it via via conversations with him but you're going to you're going to get the full story one day and it's going to be very interesting so make sure that you uh support this podcast by the way uh by subscribing to this podcast leave a positive review, a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts. To let's offset by the way, very few ratings on Apple Podcasts. One of them is a either a 1 or 0 stars, whatever the lowest you can do, really bringing the average down. So get over there, uh leave a positive review, a positive rating if you could. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um the other one, Spotify. Give a positive positive rating there. Also follow Eno at Enosaurus on all social media. Uh, Find him on—he I think he has a Facebook fan page even. uh, Find him all over the place. He's great. Follow me on Twitter at the KC McLean, Instagram, TikTok, Untapped. Which maybe the audience that listens to this podcast will actually care about that. Find me at the KC McLean on Untapped, which is a beer social media app, and. uh Ultimately, please enjoy me and Eno, two dads, talking about struggling through the pandemic, talking about comedy in uh, in very fun terms. I love talking to guys like Eno who like have consumed, have cared about comedy in their life, uh, but don't do comedy because a lot of times the things that comedians care about a lot in comedy, the audience doesn't give a shit about, and it's and it's a uh, it's always a good reminder to hear that stuff. So. Please enjoy this episode with Eno Saris, and I'll talk to you a little more after the interview. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at com. Also, follow me on all social media at TheCaseyMcLean. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at YouTube.com slash CaseyMcLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Oh, yeah. Here we go. This is a, Now the podcast is officially starting. Oh, you're drinking a LaCroix? How disappointing. Was... No,
3: no, no. I got, got, got beers, <laughs> man.
0: Oh, okay, good. I, this I've was, had uh... too many
3: beers. That's why I'm guzzling and lacroix
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have a water here also Mm. that's uh Mm. what what beers have you been drinking today you sent me a a message by the way and this is officially on the podcast so if you're gonna uh if you're gonna go go. on a a controversial tirade i'm leaving it in (laughs) from here on out if you
3: you um, say secrets are now in the podcast yes that's
0: right uh I am having, I'll tell you, I'm having an E9 quality control. You sent me some E9 once. So you and I have, the the last time I saw you in person was the Fangraphs Beer Graphs meetup, I believe, which was a long time ago. At the Pine Box. Yeah. And then we went back to, and I think I've told this story on a podcast, but we'll just tell it again for the sake of it. We went back to an Airbnb. Airbnb. These are my beers catching up to me too. By the way, you get initials on this. I'm gonna have a problem. (laughs) But uh, you and Matt Denowitz had rented an Airbnb, and me. It was funny because the the group of people, the like mix of people at the Fangraphs Beer Graphs meetup, went from like guys who played baseball in high school to guys who drink craft beer in a way that makes you uncomfortable to talk to them about it
3: <laughs> there were definitely that guy was there yeah that guy was definitely there and i was I think,
0: uncomfortable i was like please can i ask you to leave <laughs> there was a guy that came back to the airbnb that it was like not only was he not invited but he might murder one hundred percent of the people in this oh Airbnb. Oh my god! It
3: was, yeah, we were definitely, and it was it was like when I when I remember that guy, I remember all the sort of problematic parts of craft beer where people were like, you know, some people are just in craft beer because they're alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. it's not just because it tastes good this guy was like well i drank this and i drank this and i'm like yeah you're black out dude can you can you just like leave <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> i remember the first time
0: you, you've had a uh, uh dragon's milk by new holland right oh uh, yeah okay so the first time i had that i was on a work trip in cincinnati oh and this God. guy was like he's like hey man try this beer you'll i think you might like it and i tried it and i loved it and i was like percent oh. or something yeah, and I was like, "Oh, this is great," and I was like, "This guy has great taste in beer." <laughs> but he, what he also was was that guy that drinks enough that he switch, he flips a switch in his brain, and he stops making eye contact with you, and he starts talking Ooh. at your shoulder blades. You know oh, those boy. guys?
3: Oh boy! And you're like, Ooh, you, became
0: a, <laughs> you became a different person. And one day, like I'm like hung over this whole thing, right? So I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I'm taking a day off of drinking on this work trip, and this is like uh it's like a software training thing so there's people from all over the place. I don't oh, know God. this guy. I really don't this. want to
3: embarrass her so.
0: Right. And uh the next day he's like, "Hey man, let's meet at the bar." And I'm like, "Oh no, I'm good." And he's like, "Uh, oh, let's meet at God. your hotel bar." And I'm like, "Whatever, dude." And he's like, "Which hotel are you staying in?" And I'm like, "Okay." Like you don't even know. you are just like, "I and I, I was like, "I'm not going to drink." He's like, "That's fine. I'll drink enough for both of us." And he's just blackout <laughs> drunk. <laughs> Second night in a row. Yeah. No, this is like on night four, by the way. Like I had gone with him (laughs) a little bit for the first three nights and then everybody was kind of like, okay, you know, you know, when you go on, uh, I'm sure this happens on some of the trips you've been on for work, but like you get a bunch of dudes that aren't spending a lot of time away from their family, uh, very often and they'll wild out a little bit. Yeah. You know, this guy that was not his situation. This guy is drinking just as hard every day of the week and in... yeah.
2: <laughs> I think he was
3: from rural Minnesota. Uh yeah. And I had well a... our Yeah, we we had that we had that situation in our room. And it was kind of weird because it made me feel dirty about uh, the the process we were going through. We we're like, oh, have you had this? This is amazing. Have you had right. this? This is amazing. And then this guy's like, Wow, it's not as good as the blah blah blah. And you're like, oh, Oh God, I feel bad. Oh, I feel worse about
0: myself because you're here. If I remember right, too, he was like, "It was, it was a real like hero worship thing with you," because he was like, "It's not as good as Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is like a very good beer in its own right." I'm yeah, not saying, right. but it's
3: like that is as garden variety as they come, right? Like that's the, the no. Origin it was of it was awkward in a lot of levels for me. Yeah, and the story I tell from that one all the time is we were sitting around. And I was telling the story of of drinking with John Jaso. I love this story. And, I told the story we, on your behalf, by the way. Oh, good. And we were we were we were hanging out with John Jaso, and we were watching Jordana Ventura, R.I.P. Um, and he was throwing this easy cheese, and 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 John Jaso kept looking up at this thing, and being like, "Oh man, John Jaso, you know, like Jordano Ventura, easy cheese, like a, you know." And I noticed that every girl in this place, we're at Twin Peaks with the like sort of. You know the fake hooters situation, yeah. and they they serviced our table like there was no tomorrow. I mean, like they knew who Mitch was. You know, they knew they knew who John Jaso was. They knew what was going on. Um And when we came down to pay, like I told totally the alligator armed and was like. You know, I'm a writer, like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to pay. <laughs> and then he, oh, I can't get my wallet out. These tight jeans or whatever. You have Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. Yeah, exactly. Uh And he's like, no, man, I'm a ball player. I'm going to play and I'm going to pay. And he left and he went over to the to the register and every woman that worked there went over to the register and one lady wanted to get his attention and she got upside down and twerked upside down so that her butt was just sort of shaking at eye level to to get his attention. And I was at this thing at the Pine Box and I was like, I was telling the story to to a bunch of guys who were asking me about fantasy stuff. And I said, and I said, well, that was the saddest moment for me because I just looked over and I was like, I will never have that. And then <laughs> there was like, there was like a, like a dot, dot, dot. And then somebody in the group said... Well, except among overweight 30-plus-year-old dudes <laughs> that want, you know, your attention for their fancy team. And then the most amazing thing is there's another dot, 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 and the next literal thing that anybody says after a pause of the conversation is... So, anyway, I was thinking about dropping... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and do you think I should pick up... <laughs> <laughs> that that is a fun thing
0: about the about that kind of an event though is that like you tell a story that in maybe different company is like everybody starts sharing their like dirty sex stories. <laughs> and instead people are like, oh man, have you had that uh have you had that new Belma hop? I've loved it. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. know, like, <laughs> I like,
3: am. That's what I'm doing. I'm inviting people to tell stories like that. You know? Like <laughs> I, I, I'm that's like if I told that story to my friends, they'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that one time. You know, like you know, but yeah. no, no. Instead, they just sort of skip over that, and it's it's right back to I guess transact- a little bit transactional. But I I, I generally uh, I miss this very much now, and I generally enjoyed like t- today's this week's been hard for me because I'm it's supposed to be the winter meetings, and we're supposed to be I, I know Dallas. I don't. I'm not saying I want to be in Dallas, mm-hmm. but we're supposed to be in Dallas right now. And w- what I love the bar scene at the winter, see- at the winter meetings because you'll be drinking and then like Gary Sheffield will enter your argument about something. Um, and then Kevin Euclid will be like, Oh man, everyone's, uh, everyone's like got it all messed up. Like, you know, the instruction is terrible. And then Tony LaRusso will be like, Ah, fuck all y'all bitches or whatever. You know, and it's <laughs> just like, holy crap. Like, what is happening right now? Um, and I've had a lot of those conversations, so I love that. And then uh, it doesn't even need to be that. Then I'll go out and meet people I- of, in the area. So I, when I was in Nashville, I went out and had, uh, went to live music and, you know, mm. of course it's Nashville. Like I had some live music and did that. Um, in San Diego, I did a beer crawl where we went to a different, a couple of different things and, you know, there'll be people that you used to work for a team or want to work for a team or never work for a team or just do a fancy team or whatever it is a lot of times I find like I'm in the, like a, just embroiled in just like a really sort of interesting conversation where people take ask very interesting convers very interesting questions about how to value players or how baseball should be headed or how to fix baseball or or what's wrong with baseball so um, or what's right with it so like uh, I I, um, I miss that. I miss that yes. the most. I, I don't miss events... like sort of running around in the lobby and, and the whole, like, is there someone better here I should be talking to than you? There's definitely the – people do a sure. lot of that. But I do miss like late night. I miss the bar scene. I miss hanging out with people. And uh, this week has had none of the transactions you normally have in baseball right. and uh, none of the interactions. Yeah, I mean it's by the way like I've never appreciated
0: being away from my family more than being cooped up with them for uh 10 months. You know what I mean?
3: <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I think I I had to say it to my wife the other day. I, I had to preface it and I was like I love you guys. I love you. I love her, I love our our life. I love our family. But normally right now I get to leave for a week and go get drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see friends. And I and I don't think I hope I'm not on the level of your of your friend there i don't think i am but um just just being able to leave the house makes you happier to come back you know that's, yeah that's well let's I not feel. call
0: anybody we've talked about so far my friend by the way <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh did you know john jason's my favorite baseball player oh man he he told me the craziest thing in the world which was that after his concussion I'm his favorite he, podcaster he couldn't <laughs> <laughs> after, after, after it was the concussion he couldn't see the ball he, he a couple times he caught the ball and he never saw it oh my god when he was catching behind the plate yeah he's he i mean i love i think like he's there's never been a guy that's like less um baseball right exactly <laughs> <laughs> i mean i, I haven't outed any i haven't outed him so far but i think at this point in his career it's okay he's like the only atheist i've met in baseball yeah, it's interesting you say
0: that because another I, it's I I've heard that about him actually. Really? I have. Yeah, and I can't remember where. Maybe it was from you actually. No, it might have been from you on a okay. on the very same beer graphs meetup. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm sure one. I'm sure there are a ton of atheists in baseball,
3: but it's no, weird how not, they don't feel comfortable. There's not enough of them that they feel comfortable talking
0: about it. Right. I remember I was in a I was in Houston one time uh, for a different software thing actually. And I was riding in an Airbnb to go do an open mic at the Houston Improv. And the dude that was driving, it was like a third. Not, did I say dri- riding in an yeah, Airbnb? Yeah, you were in Jesus. Uber. Je- Speaking of God, Jesus. Yeah. I was in an Uber. <laughs> I was in an Uber going to the Houston Improv. And this dude picked me up. By the way. Uh, Houston has very different standards from my local city for what cars are allowed to drive Uber. I'm in the back of, like, a dirty Dodge Durango. I <laughs> was, like, rappers on the ground. Yes, dude, yes. It's like, like this dude obviously has kids and <laughs> dropped his kids off at home and immediately left. through the car look seats in the, in the trunk you know, and picked yeah. you up. <laughs>
3: and you're like, oh, dude, is that puke?
0: Yeah, but we're having this, like, great conversation, right? And it's like, uh, it's like, early early trump presidency this is a this is a black guy driving there's like a lot we're talking about a lot of stuff politically and i thought having like a very valuable discussion and he's like hey this is let me show you some stuff while we're driving because we're going to drive by like this is an hbcu this is the site of this civil rights event etc and i was like oh that's really fun and then i was like you know one of the things one of my favorite athletes actually i'm curious what you think about this is arian foster who played for the houston texans is the only NFL player that I know of, especially that's playing in the Bible Belt, that came out as an atheist, which is like he played college at Tennessee, he was playing uh, pros in Houston, and he, I like, we're having this great conversation and we're disagreeing. Stop talking here. He literally turns to me and he goes, "Fuck that." <laughs> that guy was touched by God, and fuck him for thinking he wasn't. And I was oh, like,
2: "Holy shit,
0: you touched the third rail!" Yeah, I did. I, I and I'm from Seattle, which is like the most atheist place yeah. in the world. So like, yeah, that's why me, you that's think that's there's atheists in baseball. There's no atheists
3: in baseball.
0: <laughs> now, there's. There, I understand there's a lot of like Southern boys and uh, and uh, and uh, Latin American, Latin guys. American. Yeah, I get that, but I guarantee you, there's a you know. That that Oakland A's team had some fucking atheists. Those like, those, like, famous
3: Oakland A's teams. I don't think
0: Barry Zito's going
3: to, going to church, okay? Yeah, well, uh, I did have another argument between uh, uh, Zach Greinke and Dan Heron where um, uh, I said, uh, you know, Greinke told me that I had to stop uh, liking so many leftist tweets. <laughs> uh, and I hadn't even really known that he followed me, so I was like, oh, so you got a burner account. I got it. Um and uh and then Heron walks up and he goes, No man, I love him. Uh and then I said, Well, uh Heron, you're like in the like point five percent in baseball. And Granky goes, No, liberals aren't don't make a point five percent, it's like five percent. And I go, No, he's a liberal <laughs> and he he's not religious. And Granky was like, Oh, all right, maybe.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> and then Heron was like, "He's like, I've talked to you about this." <laughs> <laughs>
0: that surprised I think me Heron and Greinke probably is. were. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think we got you know.
3: the lead. I mean, it, got, we yeah, I don't know. Greinke
0: seems like such like a he's such like he's such an analytical guy that it surprises me that he's uh, that he. I guess that's like insulting the Christians. I don't have a problem with Christians. Please continue
3: to listen to my podcast. No, no, I think he probably, I think he's like, he's a little bit on the, (laughs) I think he's a little bit on the, um, uh, uh, give me data and I will believe, uh, front. So I think it is sometimes surprising. Like we talk mostly when we talk just about research and data and findings, um, uh, so it is a little bit surprising to think that he's uh, religious, but you know, I think that's probably from his background. And um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking shit on on Christianity. I mean, it's like I said, it's just, it's mostly baseball. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that uh, I just don't have the same background as most of the players I talk to. Like I, I it's just, uh, I, I'm a German Jamaican American uh, who comes. You're telling from... me that's not a pipeline for baseball? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did talk to Max Kepler all in German. Um, I talked oh, to Max cool. Kepler, all in German, and then I realized the recorder wasn't working. So I said, scheiße. <laughs> uh, and uh, I did do a piece once where I interviewed Chili Davis, and I tried to get Devon White, and I don't think I got him. Uh, I talked to Justin Masterson, talked to a few Jamaican guys. Uh, davidus oh, Neverauskas right. from I never uh, think Lithuania. of Justin Masterson
0: as... as uh, I mean, I guess it's hard to think of... Like, He's on like on your...
3: white dude that was born in Jamaica.
0: Right, right. His pa- his uh, parents
3: were were um, were uh, missionaries, and uh, so he he has a he has a bond, and you know hopefully when we're traveling again there is a there is a sort of Jamaican baseball community um, that we're trying to uh, you know promote the sport a little bit. It doesn't have to be cricket. I mean, right. screw England, dude. <laughs> I, uh,
0: did you ever? You so when you and I talked, this is what I remember from the the trip is uh. So we had that night of uh it sounds like we had a night of love making. Mm. Uh I we drank at this Air- Airbnb. I'm now I'm now worried I'm toggling between Airbnb and Uber uh too liberally. <laughs> we had we we drank at this Airbnb. I went home to Tacoma uh safely. I did not overindulge, I made sure of it, I think. Yeah. Uh I when I got home though, I had that I don't have this anymore, by the way. But I have that I had at the time that like you need one more beer thing all the time. So mm-hmm. I got home and had like, because I was restrained in Seattle, I drove 30 miles and got home and had like four more beers before I went to sleep because I had restrained myself so much. So I'm hung over and we meet up for a podcast and then you and I are walking around and I think you like maybe tore your meniscus or your ACL or something while you were, you hurt your knee like slipping. I remember that. Huh. Do, you don't remember that? Maybe you mm-hmm. already had a bad knee. And you just like re aggravated it. But interesting. I'm also a th-
3: whiner. I'm a complainer and a whiner. So it yeah. might not have been a big deal.
0: Yeah, that might be true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but when, I remember this because we were talking about your, you were, you want to tell your story, I is what you told me then. And you're like, because you have an interesting life, right? Like you oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. German, Jamaican. Have you done anything with that? Have you, have uh, the Eno, Saris? Oh, here's the other thing I never remember. Is it Saris or Saris? Um,
3: uh, <laughs> did you the, have to th- did you have to think about it for a second yeah yes i do i have i have another last name um the uh yeah i haven't done anything with it i i have a story in the works in baseball that is so weird and third really that um it's not like the athletic doesn't know what to do with it Um, And the reason uh, I can tell it without sort of giving it away is that it's almost historical fiction where it's like researched, reported, uh, factual history that has to have been changed to sort of protect everybody involved. But I I remember coming from Lonesome Dove and um, Shogun and James Michener and just like... I used to love reading these like sort of historical things where like it's mostly historically true, but then they like sort of, uh, manipulate it. Mm-hmm. So, um, if, if, the, if, this piece never gets printed on the athletic, then I think then I'll just, um, take it and do something with it. And my, that might be a springboard for me then to do more, uh, historical type fiction type stuff. So I, I think the way that I can tell my story best about just growing up as a white German in in Jamaica and, um, uh, and then going back every summer with my friends and bringing different kinds of friends and just having different kind of experiences every time I go. I think the best way I can tell that is sort of bringing those different perspectives together in one of those almost like, it's lame to say it this way, but like, you know, Crash, the movie where like, Something where, like, it brings all these people of differing backgrounds together, and then you sort of tell the different background stories. And I think you could, with Jamaica, it's very interesting because most of the indigenous people, almost all of them are dead. And so uh, if you tell the story of Jamaica, you're telling the story of uh, people from India, people from China, people from West Africa, people from England. Even the Germans uh, are, are part of the Jamaican history um and you tell this story of sort of clashes and big and backward and forward and uh a lot of like were they socialist were they going to be right wing sort of back and forth trying to figure out how to make it as a third world country and a lot of failure um you know a lot of sort of it's you know if you ask a uh, I asked a bunch of Jamaicans like when did Jamaica become free, and they said when they became free of England, which mm. is uh kind of maybe a terrible moment for Jamaica financially. Because they lost uh, the backing of the Commonwealth. Sure. Um, and um, and also, slavery was illegal in the Commonwealth in 1850. So there's uh, it's very interesting to sort of put that perspective in. So I want to put in the perspective of all these different people, all these. And, and I ate doll in Jamaica. I ate, wait, wait, I ate what doll. Does what does that mean? I don't my, know. My family made doll. Like my Jamaican family made doll. They made doll uh, and curry what goat. What is doll? doll like uh like Indian beans, oh okay, okay, doll, so like my family in my my Jamaican family is known that they were known as Indians, they had softer oh, hair and they had uh a little bit softer complexion, and they made doll and curry goat and like so they have like this whole sort of west Indian um East Indian background. Uh, Mm -hmm. so like, I would just, I would just try to bring a lot of these backgrounds together and tell that story. But we also, did we not, um, go to a wrestling event?
0: Oh shit. I forgot that you came to that. Yes, we did. We did go to a wrestling event. My friend who I had the podcast with, we, uh, went to, it was called project 42. I'm still friends with one of the wrestling guys. Yes. At, uh, El Corazon in Seattle.
3: They still, they still do their thing. They still um, do their thing? Well not, I mean, I not think, like right
0: now, but like Yeah, of course not right now. I'm I'm not sure what the status of it is. I was never
3: like a big wrestling fan, but I thought I thought that was a blast. Uh that was so funny. I mean I've never done I've never done sort of local wrestling like that before. That was amazing. Yeah, what, it's a, like, what a scene. I have I have a picture on my phone that's just like like an ass in spandex coming towards me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should send me that picture because yeah i got to find it <laughs> it's definitely on my on my phone or my computer somewhere i definitely have it yeah i think i, I was think like what that, is like... this picture <laughs> oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think that wrestling promotion might be gone but but i'm sure that i think it's been replaced by but i the guy that uh was running that wrestling promotion just bought a comic book store in the city i live in mm. so um he, i still talk to him every now and then he's a he's a cool
3: guy uh, yeah. The the other, everybody else could be dead. I, I recommend it, actually. I mean, I think that like local wrestling is very different than WWE or whatever. It was very, like, get a PBR and Jack and fucking, you know, just watch people be ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the same. <laughs> it's kind of like the experience of watching hockey in person versus on TV. Yeah. Because I love hockey in person, but on TV it's like... There's just too much going on. I can't really figure out that, like, you don't get any of the, uh.
3: And on, on TV, it seems ridiculous that they're doing this all as a pageant. You know, it seems like, okay, now he's going to hit him with the thing and yeah. do the thing. But when you're there, they like have fake blood spurting everywhere and they're like, it's a little bit, uh, you know, uh, it me a little bit of burlesque. Oh, sure. Which, oh, like, I'm burlesque sure. is something like my wife would, like, if I mentioned burlesque, she'd roll her eyes, you know? <laughs> and right. It's just like, oh, that's so lame. I remember that time in New York. It was so lame. But you're like, actually, when right. you're there, it's kind of, it's just kind of crazy. It's just like, oh my God, you know? Like, th- like these people are, yeah, it's kind of fake, but it's people are having fun and they're, like, living yeah. their best lives, you know? There's, there's this band that I don't think they're uh,
0: active anymore, but they were in Seattle called Super Geek League. They they were kind of like like a softer version of Guar, uh, and so but they would do like rap covers and stuff, and they had some original songs also. But it's like if you if you describe a Super Geek League concert to someone, they're gonna think you're the stupidest person that's ever. Like, like I'm like I'm like I don't know. It's like these. There's like four guitar players on stage. There's a bunch of people in rabbit costumes. <laughs> And they're Sometimes covering they do
3: confetti cannons.
0: Yeah, and they're covering TI. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It was fucking so fun. I I believe I have a permanent shoulder injury from moshing at it. Like would I buy their album? Absolutely not. Like it's I'm sure it is fucking dog shit. If they but, were on the Grammys, I'd be like, "What?"
3: Yeah, dude. But, like
0: if you watched a music video, you'd be like, Ugh. but there's something about it in person that's like really fun. I I feel the same way about like uh like, I've never been in any way compelled to watch, like, one of these drag uh, shows, like yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever, but, like, drag shows in person are fucking hilarious. Yeah, like they're they And they're,
3: these people are very talented. And, and they're happy like, as hell. You know, it's something right. about... It's almost like the like what we're missing right now, right? We have yeah. these Zooms and people are being performative, but they're being performative on a screen. Like, even right. I had, like like, my buddy Zooms, right, where you're, like, trying to... You're trying to just relax with people, but then there's like dead space and so then you have to like tell a story or do something or right. ask a question or do something. It's very sort of there's a screen here. I'm aware of the screen uh I guess oh, excuse me, I guess there's like some um sort of philosophical stuff. I think phenomenology was talking about like sort of being aware of the screen, being aware of other people. Sure. Um, You know, there's definitely uh, people who've thought about this in deeper terms than we have. But, uh, well, but I think, like... like, when you're with a person, you give them so much more slack. Right, for sure. That's why it's so amazing when someone, like, crosses that boundary. You're like, dude, that guy. Never mind that guy. <laughs> you, <know?
1: laughs>
3: you can have so many flaws. Like, I think people, I hope when we open up again, that people have the, 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 the um balls I, i'm saying this sort of across genders it's just like the 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 ability genderless to, balls the genderless yeah yeah, balls. yeah the genderless balls to to go out there and and just be themselves in public because i'm telling you man i will give you so much rope i will give you so much yeah. rope i will i will watch wrestling when i will not fucking watch that <laughs> on tv to save my life i yeah even as a kid i was like borderline into it you know But Mm -hmm. like that show was great. And like burlesque or drag, like I'd be like, "Ah, I miss me with that. But like when I'm there, I'm like, yeah, dude, you're a person that loves this. And you communicate that to me. And I I love it. Yeah. I mean, I don't
0: I don't give a shit about wrestling, to be fair. But yeah, uh, I had so much fun there. I think that's actually, by the way, whenever I see somebody that attends an open mic comedy, open
3: mic Mm. as an audience member, I'm like, yeah, you have an interesting perspective on this. Well, those people some of those me, guys are not insane. funny. Most of them, and even, the,
0: and even the ones that are funny are at their least funny. Because they're trying moment. stuff out. Yeah, it's like it's like watching a it's like watching a a great Daddy baseball practice. player at practice. Yeah, like, yeah. like that guy's working on going the other way. You know, so like you might like oh he's trying to hit line drives down the left field line, and you're like you know, you're like,
3: oh, that guy's not hitting home runs. You know what I mean? Like, Like, he just came here with, like, eight mayo jokes that he wants to try out, and none of them might hit. Maybe one hits. Yeah, I will go
0: up sometimes where I'm like, here's a topic I have... Here's like 15 punchlines. Every punch idea lines. I have on that topic. <laughs> yeah. And it's like two of them work, and I'm like, okay, we'll put those two in the put yes
3: column. Do you ever do that 15... physically where you're just like, check?
0: <laughs> I don't do it on stage, but I've seen it done by comedians <laughs> that I respect. It, I would feel like a real asshole doing that on stage, but I, but comedians I respect have done that. when like There's comics that are too big to work clubs that are like theater comics, but they'll do They'll do clubs and they'll just like have a a list list
3: and sort of check it.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. They're like, I have a notebook on stage and you are fucking lucky to be seeing me in this 200 seat venue. (laughs)
3: So here, and like literally, yes, they'll be like, that one works. in the age of of cancel culture, though, where like, you know, you got that list and maybe one of them is is too far and someone's got their phone out and now you're canceled i mean comedy that's what i think is fascinating about comedy is it's just on this line where the whole idea of comedy is to push boundaries and to say things we're not supposed to say out loud and to access i saw one i forget the comedian's name but i saw one comedian talk about the voice that says the terrible things Mm -hmm. in your head and that's like the comedian Is the one who says the thing you're not supposed to say and then he says it and you can laugh and and it makes you feel better that you had that terrible thought. But in, in this, in this time, like I don't, I don't, I'm not someone that's like coming in the right and being like, oh, cancel culture is terrible. But like for a comedian, it's got to be a tough time to work because you, you say the wrong thing and all of a sudden you're not getting gigs or, you know, everyone's mad at you.
0: Yeah, I mean, luckily, I think there's there's enough people out there who appreciate. First off, the big thing is is like it's a very vocal minority that is trying to cancel people. Right? They're successful <laughs> a lot of the time, but I I think most people are like, I don't even really care about this. Um, I, I but if... I
3: I struggle with it. Like CK, I like CK, I like his humor. Mm-hmm. It was completely obvious that he would take his dick out in front of someone. Like he had humor. Where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a guy that would take his dick out in front of someone. I don't think he should take his dick out in front of someone. I yeah. I would I would hate for him to take I I that that offends me. And so mm-hmm. I, I stopped doing I stopped listening to Luis CK for a while. But in my heart of hearts, I'm like, yeah. Louis CK took his dick out? Yeah. Yeah, his is tough. <laughs> I mean, that's I, his fucking comedy. That his whole comedy routine is like, look at me, I'm a Slamiel, I take my dick out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he's definitely
0: like he's telegraphed that he's had creepy tendencies yeah. on stage. I have uh, I have thought a lot about Louis CK's situation because one, I think he's brilliant. But two, he's like, OK, these are these are like the the facts of that case as they've been as because I've listened to like every fucking interview with every journalist. Um, one, I think he's immensely talented Two, I think like it's it's really important to me when someone gets accused of something bad. Yeah. That that we like
3: sexual assault is bad, you know?
0: Right. And they should like, that means something really bad. And Mm -hmm. so he had like, he asked every woman and they all said, yes, as part of the story that gets like left off by a lot of people. There was an original rumor that he like blocked the door to these rooms. And, uh, the journalist So there was two articles that came out about it, one on Gawker and one in the New York Times. Mm. Gawker one came out first, and then the New York Times one came out. And the New York Times one, they were kind of like becoming the story of record, correcting some of the falsehoods in the Gawker one. But one, I heard, a, I listened to an interview with the woman that wrote the New York Times one, and the, the interviewer said, hey, did you... Did Louis C.K. block the door? Did you ask any of these women if Louis C.K. blocked the door? And she said, "Yes, I asked." And they all said, "No, he did not block the door." And he goes, so "Well, why is said, it?"
3: I'm going to take my dick out. If you want to leave,
0: you can leave. Even said, "Like, I'm. Is it okay if I take my dick out? Whatever. Like, that's no. so. So I'm not saying. So let me let me start by saying this. Like, there's it's it, there's a power imbalance. It's obviously, it's, it's, yeah, weird. It's, still... it's weird. It's weird. I think. so here's the thing though is he goes the interviewer said did why didn't you include that in your story and she goes well i didn't think
3: that detail was important that's a very important detail
0: it's the most important detail granted there are other very important details it's one it's
3: one of the most important for sure
0: yeah i mean i think like you know the the when the aziz ansari thing happened they made a big deal i don't know if you know about that one Uh, but
3: is that one where like he tried to make a move and it didn't work. And then he just watched a movie and it was over.
0: Yeah. He, we don't need to get into the the gory details of it. I, I assume that, uh, I want you to be uh, willing to like, have me actually put this out and not have uh-huh. your name attached to my okay, shitty right. opinions on,
3: <laughs> but they made no, a big it's deal. A, it's a tough, I mean, we're right now we're trying to navigate this nine field. We're, we're right. I think we're reasonable people that are willing to, uh, you know, willing to say, Hey, that was too far. And, right. But the line is just hard to find a lot of times. It's just right. like, um, and and, so, and I think we're also not good at like knowing what, what um, we're not good at knowing what like repent, like repent, like en- how en- enough repentance and like right. what the relationship is between like the crime and the repentance. Like, right. Well, that's like, to, we're not go even good at Louis, that in terms of like criminal justice. Oh, for sure. To go and back to go back to that in, in the
0: public sphere either. The the Louie thing, that's, I think, important in that one also because people are like, he wasn't away for long enough. He didn't have long enough to, like, realize it was wrong or whatever. Well, this is a, – here's the a thing. The last account of anything like that happening was from 2005. He got canceled in 2017. He independently stopped doing this, called women to apologize, all that stuff privately – on before then publicly apologized then took a year and a half or nine months or whatever it was off of comedy so he spent 13 years between the last event and like so what you're saying is like again i don't know how what's the right thing
3: right but uh so there's plenty of opportunity for if if he had been doing it the other 10 years for other stuff to come out like that's in the news like everybody else that's like an invitation hey if he did this thing like let's all pile on that's when yeah. that's what like you know if it's like an epstein situation we're like oh one thing i don't know <laughs> like everyone's like right. no 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 there's a lot, yeah. lot of bad here you're like yeah i think there's bad there you know um, right but isn't that crazy that we're even including what he because he gets included
0: with cosby with harvey weinstein with with jeffrey epstein, oh, yeah, epstein, and it's epstein like, is like the very yeah i mean he's F- the very Epstein's worst the t- epstein and cosby are the tip of the spear and fucking Weinstein isn't far behind and Louis CK is somewhere on the on the the shaft. You know what I yeah. mean? Like way <laughs> yeah, I way was down. Definitely
3: thinking the grundle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I and I, like again, like if you did that to my my wife or my sister, be yes, I'd be very mm-hmm. upset. But that's why you don't let the uh why you don't let the people who have been hurt do the litigating, right? Like we have a, a system in place in our country for a reason. And we, yeah, man, like you said, like, I think we should, we just need to have more consistency, less hypocrisy and be able to like, I'm not saying anyone needs to forgive Louis CK. I don't, that's, I'm not invested in whether or not people forgive Louis CK. He still has an audience. He'll be fine. I think there's maybe an argument to be made that there was an outsized punishment or whatever. I don't, that's not my point, but my point is like, that's happening also to, comedians at my level and nobody gives a shit because they're not famous Mm -hmm. right they don't have a fan base they don't have and yeah man like the, the... the and the thing they might have done wrong was just like a
3: joke they were trying out or whatever and
0: right exactly yeah that's and i and i i also think i read this i saw let me rephrase i refused to read i saw the headline of an article and like skimmed through the bullet points it was like how to not write offensive jokes and it's like i for a certain amount of people there's like, there is an audience for comedy that pushes the boundaries, right? And there was, that was, it wasn't like, like, uh, we all pretend like Bill Hicks or, uh, the other guy, who's the fucking other guy? Uh, the guy that got arrested for, um, vulgarity in public. I can't think of his name, which is embarrassing as a comedian, but, uh, these guys, like, nobody, they weren't popular in their time. Like, people wanted them canceled also. It was like, The conservative christians then but now we have i call i call uh these like the cancel culture folks i call them the new puritans where it's like they want a moral purity test for everybody as much as the people in the 1940s did god why can't i think of that guy's name that is embarrassing
3: you see the uh the guy who had the the six bad words or whatever
0: no that was george carlin right carlin yeah now, who was a uh, comedian? Here we go. I could just probably type in comedian, vulgarity. Getting busted for vulgarity in public. Wow, dude. Arrested. Yeah. Uh, wow. This is it. Now I can't even. Come
3: on. People. Like, I just want I mean, to tell people. I I'm mean, I think one of the today. rules might be like, don't, don't punch down. Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Don't, don't punch down is a rule, right? sure
0: but like i have a joke about how my daughter is stupid and how all babies are stupid like that's punching down right like technically like do you know what i mean like it's it's obviously absurd right like that's what makes it funny so like you can't make that rule and then not acknowledge that like making an absurd joke that babies are stupid when they are clearly pun- it's babies. punching down yeah. right like it's it's very obviously punching down but uh yeah, I mean, I, I like all those rules. Finding a way to break those rules in a way that's considered acceptable is
3: fucking exhilarating, and crowds love it too. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a comedy fan, man, and I, I've rediscovered it a little bit recently. Where I've been watching some stuff, and I, I, I just can't remember anybody's names. But I, you know, I watched a Burr one. He's all right. You know, he got mm-hmm. in trouble recently, and um. Yeah, I just he got, I, he, he got like articles written though. He doesn't that guy his
0: his ticket sales his money isn't going to change at all because of the trouble he got into.
3: But I remember I remember uh, very specifically uh, like "Raw and Delirious" by Eddie Murphy, dude. Yeah. Uh, so I me and my guy friends thought that was the most hilarious thing in the world. And then uh, I remember my my new girlfriend and her friends, this is my wife now. Um, I brought them together and I said, "You guys." you guys have to see this. You've never seen, like, because Delirious was funny because John Candy had a Delirious. Oh, okay. I and so, like, that. Delirious became this weird thing where, like, people, if they search for Delirious, might get John Candy's Delirious and, like, <laughs> be like, is that, that's not really funny. But if you knew that you were, like, searching for Delirious, like Eddie Murphy's Delirious, you would get the yeah. kind of raunchy, like, stuff. And and I I had them sit down and watch Delirious with me. And that's... That's the one with like Eddie, I'm an American woman now, Eddie, I want half and then yeah. he does this thing about like being in uh San Francisco and the like they didn't have uh, they didn't have uh, uh, police cars, sirens. They just had gay mm-hmm. people on the cars going woo woo, and it was like, in retrospect, actually, it's almost one of those things where it comes back around. And it's just so ridiculous They're like, who could that offend? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. No, I know, I know. Well, and then, but back anyway. then I was like, and they were like, yo, this is not funny, and I was like, oh.
0: Yeah. let's just turn ex- it off I had <laughs> the experience I showed my wife uh, either raw or delirious one of them and I was like this is I, I loved this when I was growing up you should watch this. Yeah, and I find it problematic now. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't make it through those jokes, and I mean, I'm sitting there like,
3: God, oh, this yeah. is
0: rough, you know. Like, and I'm pretty hard
3: to offend. But where is that line? I mean, the, at the time, he was, uh, you know, pushing boundaries and making people laugh, and it was okay. But the boundaries have shrunk, and so now it's just it's now in the territory of not okay. And and we have to give space to people to be like, even me, like, be like, yeah, Raw Delirious. I used to love that. And now yeah. I look back at it, like, people used to say uh, words that you can't say anymore. Like, you used to gay used to be a thing you would, like, you know, say about your friends or whatever. And, like, now yeah. it's, like, I, I don't say that word anymore. So it's, like, this weird thing where, like, you know, Eddie Murphy, I think generally is, okay, is kind of funny-ish and has had an interesting career and has made me laugh a lot at times in my life. Yeah. But well, now, here's, here's but I you know I watched Delirious like I watched it with them and even in you know 2001 it was like oh god what did I do whichever
0: whichever the first one of those ones whichever the first one of those was he was 19 yeah which is unheard and I think it was filmed of.
3: in like the 80s or something
0: yeah and then the next one he was like 23 which is just like it there are out no in like the the red leather like red yeah, one is red leather, leather one, one is yellow leather and then he's talking about gay people come on buddy. <laughs> You're right dude
3: i can see your balls dude
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and i believe like uh later on he got my friend has a joke about this but he got caught uh having sex with a a transgender prostitute and it's like okay what were you what were you apologizing for on stage there um i i think the so the, around the same time i showed my wife and a roommate of mine at the time, uh, "Blazing Saddles." Have you ever seen "Blazing Saddles"? Mm. That's it's like, Mel Brooks. It's a yeah. million
3: years old. It's it's so what like you do misogyny, and it's uh, it's this like old west town. I mean, and I, yeah, they, I remember the I remember the sort of plot and stuff. But what?
0: And they have a they have a black sheriff as oh, the deal. Boy. And so we're watching the movie and and it's this is going to work a lot less since you like you you're not this isn't resonating with you yeah, but... or but we're watching the whole movie and I'm and my friend we're like a half hour in and he turns to me and he goes, "Dude, this movie's kind of racist." <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, they're making fun of racists. Like nobody that's racist on that movie are you like, "Oh, that's the that's the hero of this of this movie like it's oh, that's parodying idiot. how stupid racists are right mm. but but it does that by showing people being cartoonishly racist right but nobody watches blazing saddles and goes oh i should be the the racists like right. they're the good guys in this um which is i think like another thing when you tell a joke on stage and you're not the good guy of the joke yeah Usually, I was audiences... watching some Jared
3: Kellen. Jared, what's that name? Something not It's Kel- not Jared Kelnick. Kelnick. He's a prospect for the Mariners. Right, but right. In, uh, you know what I'm talking um, about, right? It's like Kelnick. It's very, very similar. No, I can't think of who you are saying. Is it? Uh, is it? Huh? He's uh, he's got he's got
0: the blonde hair. Oh, Jared Logan.
3: No. Kel- uh... Maybe it's not Jared J- Jels- Jelski. Oh, Anthony Jesselnick. Jesselnik, yeah, yeah. Anthony Jesselnick's fantastic. Jesselnick is the bad guy of every joke he tells. Right. He's trying right. to convince you that he's a terrible person. Right. And that's like,
0: like I I heard a thing, and nobody wants to hear in 2020. Nobody wants to hear that I heard a very, uh, profound thing from Joe Rogan. That I heard <laughs> Joe Rogan say a profound thing but he was telling like jokes on stage or whatever and he's obviously like towards the edgier side of comedy and somebody came up to him after the show and they're like are you fucking serious do you believe all those things you said on stage and he's like absolutely not like the mm-hmm. things i believe are way less funny than that stuff right and it's like that's kind of the way that i feel is like if you can i mean for me this my personal taste in my own comedy and even other comedy is like i don't have to believe this person is the person they're talking about on stage or that they're the good guy in their life all the time. You know what I mean? Again, I have a joke about how my daughter and every other baby are stupid. That is not me portraying a good person. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like acting, right? Yeah. And it's like saying the least appropriate thing you could possibly say. And it's funny. And it's like, again, it's like, I'm punching far enough down that people realize that that's that part you of you know that, yeah, that you're aware of it it's like a meta right. punch down right right so if i was like if i was like people who make $40,000 a year are scum well that's close enough to me that it's like ooh like you might actually mean that. <laughs> right, right, you know what right, i mean right, but if i'm like people like babies need to get a fucking job you're <laughs> you're right, nobody yeah. thinks that i actually believe that right
3: yeah 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 um, yeah yeah but it's you know a, it's a it's a it's a I think it's a fascinating sort of subculture. Um I enjoy going to it um when I when I have the chance. Like I would love it to to open up and you yes. know I've seen uh I saw I think I saw one of the Joe Rogan side guys. Oh, that's probably the true. guy who comes out with the belly. He's got the big belly. Oh, Bert Kreischer? Yeah, I saw Burt Kreischer. I sure I laughed the whole time. You know, I, yeah. I I hope I didn't laugh at anything inappropriate. I probably did. <laughs> also, like that, the thing, it's just like, even if you laugh at something, that doesn't mean that you agree with it either, right? Yeah. Like that's <laughs> it's like a defensive, it's like a defensive, it's like a reflexive. You know, it's like right. Like it's you can laugh see... at something and be like, whoa.
0: Yo, it's, I'm also, sorry. It's, funny, it's funny when people are like, <laughs> whenever someone gets cancelled, they're also like uh, they're like, oh, Louie was never funny, and it's like, okay, tell that to the hundreds of thousands of people who were buying tickets to see him every year. Like, right. And but how like,
3: do I, and that doesn't help me that doesn't help me put together the pieces. You know what I'm saying? Saying right. Luke Seke hey, wasn't funny, that's just not true. I thought he was funny. I'm right. mad about this event. And right. I need to personally find a way. To get, to get, so it's either going to be, I don't think it's, I don't think that's helpful. It's like sort of be like, ah, he wasn't cool anyway. Like, oh, you know, no, no, I have to figure out how, like, how to get past this. And I have to, it's almost like the raw and delirious thing again, where I have to be like, listen, I thought it was funny at the time. I feel bad about it now. You know, even with CK, like the humor predicted the thing he did. Right. So, you know, if he finds a new humor, maybe I can get back into it. But it's sort of it has sort of ruined the humor he used to have where he's, you know, eating a tub of ice cream with his dick out on his couch or whatever, you right. know, like, I can't think that's as funny anymore <clears throat> because, you know, he did this thing. So, yeah. you know, if he if he goes in new places, maybe maybe I'll get there. Maybe maybe I'll watch something and think it's funny again. I, I mean, as like a, a parent, there was a lot of stuff that resonated with me because you know, parenting is not easy. It's uh, it's really hard, and he he got that across. I think a lot of times, uh, more yeah. than almost any other comedian that I knew, that I you know I he agree. was very good at sort of, you know, it's hard. Sometimes you're gonna hate your kids, and sometimes yeah. you're gonna hate yourself, and sometimes you're gonna wake up with a tub of ice cream on your empty belly, Ooh. and and your kids are gonna be like, "Why are you out here?" You know, but like that yeah. that was his deal. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I you think, have to figure I mean, out ways off, to kind of like to to get past things to to let people do penance. Um, well, it's okay if you never like him again, right? I think
0: first off, the thing is is like the thing about saying he's not funny or not talented is it's like so if he was
3: talented, this would be okay. Like, what is the argument you're making? You know what I mean? Well, that like, and then and then often this is the case. Like, if you want to like bring this back to baseball, like you know, A Rod for some reason has uh, escaped he's found some escape velocity for his, uh, his steroid usage. Sure. And there are people who say he's a great announcer and, you know, he's done, he's, he's done his penance or was from another time. And I'm willing, like if I, if I had a hall of fame vote, I would vote for Barry Bonds uh, mm-hmm. because it was pre-testing and, you know, I, I kind of understand his decision-making and also I don't think that we know all the people who took steroids. But we know Alex Rodriguez took steroids at a time after, you know, it was allowed. And uh, we know he was kind of a, you know, like, self-picture kissing, like, narcissist weirdo. Yeah. He might have done steroids since he was in high school, you know, like, and and he somehow had this laundered because, you know what, it was sort of Hall of Fame level. Yeah. I mean, I I think that the, I
0: think... I mean, first off, I I'm one of those guys that thinks A Rod is a great announcer. Um I don't I don't again I like, thought I, that I, before this last I didn't really like this last postseason. Well, there was a lot to not like about this last postseason. <laughs> yeah, <there was>. <laughs> <laughs> uh I I don't think that should play into whether or not he's considered um fit for the Hall of Fame or whatever. Uh, I would probably like if if I had a Hall of Fame vote, which is obviously I'm much farther away from getting a Hall of Fame vote than you are. Uh, I like would two, prob- ways, two years away. Yeah, I'm a uh, uh, several lifetimes away. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, you would if vote they, for a Rod. I would vote for a Rod, but it's I have like just a blank. So that means you like, would vote for Manny, and you would vote for yeah. I'd vote for I'd vote for. I mean, I think like, Nelson
3: Cruz, and
0: I would say that. A confirmed test is a negative, meaning I think you start to deflate their numbers a bit, right? Yeah. To me, it's You'd like you have
3: to be superlative beyond that, right?
0: So it's like it's like uh, so like you wouldn't in Colorado, vote for basically. you wouldn't vote
3: for Rafael Palmeiro,
0: sure, because I think he's on like the bubble anyway. Mark McGuire, then, uh, McGuire, I would probably vote for. I mean, especially like obviously he has the one major season. He was. uh, It's hard to argue that he wasn't one of the best hitters in baseball. Sammy Sosa. Um, I'd probably vote for Sammy Sosa, mm. uh, but I think I think Sammy Sosa. You're getting into a guy that has like probably not is probably not a Hall of Famer with or is certainly not Closer. a Hall of Famer without
3: steroids. Close. Um. Yeah. I. I think also like, though like less uh, determined that he took it. You know. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's I not think like that, Manny or, or one of these other yeah. guys with, like, an actual test.
0: Yeah. like I mean, so like I'm saying, like, I, I don't think um, if Brady Anderson had a borderline career or Rafael Palmeiro's a – I mean, Rafael Palmero is the example, right? Yeah. Where it's like he just kind of – he stuck around long enough to have pretty good – I mean, very good numbers, pretty good for the steroids era, but but probably, like, ben borderline – yeah, and got
3: busted. If you change all those to like 20 home runs a year and right. you know and it's 150 also, the, hits instead of 200 hits, and
0: the guys that were at the congressional hearing are the hardest to defend because they were like so adamant and so performatively offended, <laughs> uh, and then they look so stupid when we find out that they were. The other one I would vote for that is controversial. I would vote Kurt Schilling in, by the way, who's like seems like a real fucking scumbag. <laughs> yeah. But I mean a tremendous baseball player and also probably on steroids. There are racists. There might be a murderer in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm I'm certain there's a murderer <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Um and yeah, obviously there's racists. Yeah. Uh and and probably worse than that, right? Like there's criminals of all types. Uh fame is, is horrific the way that it manifests or the way it affects yeah. some people. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I guess I'm like a big hall guy. Is that what the, what it's called? I would be a big hall guy, which is, big hall. is one of the myriad reasons I don't. But does that rope. extend to like
3: <laughs> other big hall people would be like Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland, Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquel. Uh, Vizquel, probably no. Although didn't Vizquel get in?
0: I think, I think we're delayed again. Oh, I have you I should, uh, behind. Don't test me Tell on Tell me this, if you.
3: Know. No, I think I think now? he's. Yeah, he's
0: in. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. Uh, Vizquel, did Viscale get in? I thought Viscal no, got in. No, he's not
3: in yet. Viscal is close. Okay. He's, he's got I would, like 50%. I, would say yes, probably, I think Viscal will say get yes, in this cow- year. Viscal will get in this year.
0: I would. I'm surprised every time I go back and look at Scott Rowland's career, I'm surprised at how good it was because he never felt yeah, like he was, was so good. great. Yeah. So I'd probably be well, yes that, that, on, yes on Rowland. No one of a skill
3: Well, that makes, that makes him a sort of a borderline situation. Some of his value was from defense and, you know, honestly, I think that we're not as amazing at valuing defense. So, Sure. I'm a, I'm a little bit sort of skewed towards offense. I think I would be a no on Vizquel. Roland is borderline. I think I would be BS on Roland. Um, well,
0: and Roland had the reputation. They both had the reputation, in that, and I think that the whatever analytics are quantifying defense from back then, also like Roland, um, I think, like, Vizquel is maybe – He's like all defense, basically, like, like all defense, no bat. But
3: Ozzie Smith got in, right? Yeah. And I think about it also in terms of like relievers, like, you know, maybe the top three of any sentence you can finish should be in the Hall of Fame. So the top three relievers should be in the Hall of Fame and the top three defenders of all time should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's um, interesting. And I think about it with, the, with regards to kickers. I don't. I actually don't know the answer in terms of NFL and how many kickers. But I think there's a couple kickers in the Hall of Fame. I think one sure. of those guys made it, Gramatica or some of those. One of those guys. Yeah. And If a kicker can be in the Hall of Fame, then you got to have a closer in the Hall of Fame. You got to have maybe two or three closers. And where do you, where did you fall? And I I probably have a
0: surprising opinion on this, but where did you fall on Edgar Martinez? Because Edgar Martinez is arguably the most prolific D.H. ever, but I think D.H., in my opinion, D.H. is the exception to what you're saying. No, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I think that uh, of our time, like, David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer. But Dave, but the reason David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer and the, reason, the argument you could make for Edgar Martinez is that they are, at the time, they were some of the best hitters in baseball at all positions. Uh, I think that if you just go, this guy was the best D.H., it's like so you're defining he's the best but you're defining him by people who's who have had responsibilities taken away from them not by you know what i mean like he's not the right. best it's not the same as saying he's the best hitting center fielder ever
3: He's also the, he's the tallest short man or something i don't know like yeah well the... it's
0: also like teams a lot of teams didn't uh have a full time dh
3: They had DHs all the time, but they weren't having a guy play. Analytically, I'd have to point out that there's some evidence that DHing is a skill, like it's hard to do. Yeah, and and so you know you have to like one of the things that Ortiz does is that he stays sort of top top shelf, like in the in the dugout, and is like, you know, trying to anticipate every pitch and trying to like anticipate every pitch change and trying to like stay in the game because uh, there's some guys who. Who like generally you're ten percent worse as a DH than you are as a as a starting guy. So uh, the guys yeah. that aren't, or or what if you add that ten percent, a lot of that might undo some of the defensive uh, negation. So like like if Edgar Martinez had played every game in the field, he would have ostensibly been ten percent better as a hitter. Sure. So that might have you know undone. That might have undone some of the. Defensive problems that he would have had, you know. So, like, what if you just played Edgar Martinez at first base all those years? You yeah, couldn't I mean, have been that I th- bad. I I think he should, he
0: belongs in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think the argument that he's the highest ranked DH is a good enough argument to me. It means mm, like the reason the, all right. that position has to be the best hitters in baseball. But you want to know something else that David Ortiz did uh, to be a better hitter? Steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has
3: a test. <laughs> um yeah how how many it's 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 kind of problematic like nelson cruz has a test you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i know well that's that's the thing is like you start to get into because what's gonna start to happen i believe is that we're gonna start having guys go into the hall of fame and then we're gonna get definitive stories that they were using steroids and now you have a bunch of steroids
3: steroid users in the hall of fame right so why would you? I think that's like, problematic. I mean, I think that from the beginning, like Ru- Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame, and Bud Selig presided over the steroid era, and Bud Selig sure. presided over a time in baseball where there were no testing. There was no testing at all, and so he allowed this thing to happen. So, you know, Bud Selig let it happen, and he's in the Hall of Fame. So why not the people? You know, why not the players? It seems right. very sort of owner you know, centric commissioner centric. We put most of the commissioners, the the, only, the very worst, you know, the very (laughs) most racist, like sort of like just the most ridiculous guy commissioner is not in the hall of fame. Yeah. How many days? Manfred's going to be in the hall of fame, dude. Manfred's going to be in the hall of fame. (laughs) That'll be interesting to see. I don't think that'll be a fun day. Like we'll, we'll all be alive and like, God damn it. Manfred is in the hall of fame there's going to be a lot more like, there's going to be a lot more
0: booing at events where like Roger Goodell gets booed everywhere he goes (laughs) the clown thing. Yeah. 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 Um, how many days per week or month were you in a baseball locker
3: room at a baseball stadium in a normal year versus this year? Oh my God. I mean, zero this year, but, um, I, I tried to do, uh, twice a week, uh during the season and I would have a block of um about ten days um where I might be in like three camps, you know, sure. in a day even. So I might I might do like um uh, maybe like sort of ten camps in five days in spring. Um, and then I would have, uh, what, like I've been lucky, uh, here in the Bay area to have post-seasons to go to. So I'd be going to like LA, uh, Oakland and San Francisco for post-seasons. So, um, you would add probably another sort of 10 days on average at the end. So, uh, 20 days, uh, pre and post-season and then, uh, two times a week, six months, 24, 40, about 75 times a year. How how much do you miss that?
0: Because so I'll tell you, I don't, much. I don't miss going to the office at all. I, I miss
3: it so much. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, time out of the house. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I would, I would, uh, pair sometimes, uh, work in a game with seeing friends. Um, uh, because That's I would, cool. one of the days was Fridays. A lot of times I would go work, uh, three quarters of a game, half a game. I'm not, I'm not reporting on the game, so I can leave the game right. early um i would uh see people so there was like a little bit of a social life it created for me i would see people at the games like if right. you were in town you would say hey i'm gonna be at the giants game on friday night i'd be like yeah man i'll see you in the crowd you know um and uh i did a lot of that so that it was like social life plus talking to players the players have great ideas about baseball and about you know, what should happen or or asking me questions about stats or, you know, there was a lot of just new th- ideas that came out of just talking to players and, and, mm-hmm. and getting their input on stuff and getting their questions and just having a dialogue with them. So that was valuable. And then just, I'm a person who likes interaction. So it was just like uh, adult interaction with someone right. like my 11 year old, I mean, my eight-year-old, I love him to death, but, like, uh, everything is Star Wars, so it's like, and and he's, like, somehow gone beyond me to the point where, like, he knows more about Star Wars than I do, and he's like, do you know about the Battle of Jakku? And I'm like, um, that was the one with the, uh, and he's like, and he's like, do you know about the speeder race on Dracoar, and I'm like, I don't, can you, (laughs) can you tell me, I, I- I used to be a Star Wars guy. I don't know what happened here.
1: <laughs> so that, that feels you know, like,
3: like you going to the park was like I'm going to talk to adults here.
0: <laughs> yeah. When I was growing up, I remember my dad. I would be like, I remember think I'm sitting watching Sports Center. I would watch. It was uh, I'd get home from school. I'd watch. I'd miss like the first ten minutes of PTI, and watch all of Sports Center. Twenty minutes of PTI, all of Sports Center. And I'd be like, "How does my dad live his life without doing this
1: every
0: day? How can he possibly survive and feel good about
3: himself?" My kids are watching so this? much yokai, and I'm like, "This sucks." Yeah, <laughs> and they're like singing the song with the yokai, and I'm like, "Oh God, stop it, please." But even
0: a, even a, I mean, I don't even know what that is, but I'm saying <laughs> the, thing that, the thing that you love, Star Wars, he's blasted past you because it's like. As an adult, I'm like, I mean, this is a bad oh, year. Oh, cuz your dad like, likes sports. My dad, yeah, my dad does like sports, but it's like he's not he doesn't able, have that much he time the or bandwidth, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so, so I, that kind of sounds like that, where it's like, no, I don't know that battle because I am not, I don't have 11 hours a day to think about it. (laughs) I bought you, I
3: have bought, I've also bought you like eight Star Wars books. They're like these like encyclopedias of Star Wars. Like, I have this, here's a whole book that's just vehicles of Star Wars where you can just like read through and he's like, (laughs) dad, do you know about the AT52532? And I'm like, um, yeah, that's in, uh, was that on Hoth? (laughs) <laughs> also, like I asked him today what his favorite one was, and it was it was Rise of the Jedi. So, like, you know, if you come to Star Wars at a different time in your life, you may just like different movies. I don't think anybody likes those three movies. Sure. That shall not be named. Uh I don't like maybe any of them maybe, maybe so. there's some kids who grew up at that time who were like, those are the best. I love the pod racing. Sure. You don't like those kids. <laughs>
0: Those they're, kids are stupid. not me you.
3: or my kids.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tell you about two embarrassing moments that I had during the pandemic that are, these are the things that made me like both times, like almost cry. Oh, no. They're b- very embarrassing. Uh, cause you, you and I both love baseball and beer. The first one is, uh, king of staten island is a movie that came out with uh pete davidson and bill oh, Burr yeah, and... Yeah, I saw that, yeah it's fine i don't I, I didn't love it but there's this moment where they're uh uh bill burr's dating pete davidson's mom and they go to a minor league baseball game and they're walking it's like you know standard minor league stadium where they're walking up these stairs into like the lower bowl which is the only bowl of the right. of the minor league stadium and them walking over and there's just like they shot it really cool where it's like following behind them. And then you have that moment when you walk into a minor league baseball stadium where you walk out and the field is there. Yeah. And it was like at a real game. And I like, I was like, oh my God, I didn't miss baseball at all until that moment. Yeah. And then I had, this is the more embarrassing one. That's like, you know, a comedy movie that I'm on the verge of crying at. This is way more embarrassing. I was watching 90 day fiance. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> At the beginning of quarantine, my friend texted me and he goes, "Hey, does your wife watch Ninety Day Fiance?" And I go, it "No." <laughs> I go, "No," and thank God because that is literally the only trash TV that she has skipped. And quarantine <laughs> has lasted long enough that we are now back to all the stuff you missed. <laughs> I didn't know how many fucking hours of this thing there were, but there was this this guy goes to he meets his uh like ex in-laws at a brewery and then i watch somebody do a bad pour on a craft beer <laughs> like a zero head pour and they're sitting in the sun drinking with the bubbles beer.
3: it's probably dirty glass
0: <laughs> yeah dude and i was like oh my god i miss having like a mediocre ipa on a great
3: day <laughs> oh god no you know what I mean? Do we can do it. Just a couple more months, man. We just need to hibernate, and then I'll I'll find some reason to have the athletics send me to Seattle or Portland. <laughs> I'm I'm writing a story about you know expansion. You know, just you, just get up do there it. and do it. Let's, dude. You
0: let's you come and we'll fucking go nuts. I live uh, an undisclosed distance from the E Nine Brewery that yeah. we've. Uh... <laughs> That's right. Which is but, also uh...
3: not that far from Drive Line.
0: Yeah, for sure. You, uh, I actually, uh, I, who did I, I feel like I talked to somebody, I had a really bad experience with, is it Kyle Bodie or Body? Body. And, uh, I have gotten over it. I read the, he is a, what's,
3: he's abrasive. He's a dude. He's like, he's, uh-huh. you know, he's from that, you know, he's from the internet.
0: Yeah. Well, and he was, this is even before I didn't even know he, he wasn't even doing driveline baseball when I met him. Uh, he was in uh we were in like an adult baseball league together oh, and he, yeah, just, he at the tryout. He was like a complete prick. And then I <sighs> listened to, uh, or I listened to the audio book for the MVP machine, which he's his, uh, ascent to his present, uh, his present glory is pretty well detailed in there. And then it, that makes him a little more sympathetic to me where I was like, Oh, okay. He's like, you know, depressed and has all these, uh, has all these like, Inner demons, and so he was a little bit of a prick to me at a tryout. I can get over that,
3: right? Right, right, yeah. now uh, I think about that, and with regard to like uh, um, commenting and trolls and, and responses, like sure. for the I, you know, I haven't blocked anyone on Twitter. Whoa, <laughs> uh, it's been tested crazy. during quarantine. I <laughs> have to tell you, I've been tested more in the last six months on that one than ever. I have muted uh, four or five, gotta people. mute. You have to mute. I just they were it was too intense. It was so it was like a lot of back and forth and I was trying my best to just talk and like let's be reasonable people, but I just realized that we were working on different playbooks and Yeah. It was uh we were not gonna come to an agreement. So So uh. what's but what's like the thing that has made you the
0: most emotional? Like what has made yeah, like what what are you What's like the acute moment? I understand there's like this like kind of overarching like I miss not having to see my family for 24 hours a day. I miss being able to go to the ballpark. But like, what is a moment that made you like fuck?
3: Well, I think actually this week I've had a little bit of that with the with the uh, with the lack of the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. I um I actually was watching. Oh my God! There's some stupid knife. Reality show where they like make knives, <laughs> I, my wife and I were like, just what like what this is like a big enough portion of the population that like they can have <laughs> it was like h t t v we left on too long or something, and like oh my god, so we're we're watching this, and oh, and then I get like a little thing I get a little buzz on my slack and they say, uh, Lance Lynn has been traded. Can you, you know, at the athletic, they're like, can you, can you give like a little opinion? Uh, can you write this stuff? And I said, uh, to my wife, excuse me, I'm at the winter meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turned over to my phone and like, you know, opined on the phone and came back and she's like, are you, you're done? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's only like, you know, 400 characters. Like, I'm good. Uh, but there was that moment where I was like, this is very different. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm watching a stupid-ass knives reality show <laughs> where they're yeah. judging the cutting quality of the sitar. Um, <laughs> and, and I, like, don't care about any of it. I, I The next thing I said to my wife was, like, how weird would it be uh if I got into being a knife person and I was downstairs <laughs> and was like, hey, babe, watch me cut this rug in one cut with my homemade sitar. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, that there, this week I've had some moments where I'm like, oh god, the winter means is just like a thing I go to. Um, on a similar moment, the, the Arizona Fall League got canceled. Every, every fall I go to Arizona and I see a bunch of people. We talk about fantasy baseball and we go see the best stars in the game. I saw Bryce Harper and Mike Trout play in the same game um you know when they were prospects and like it, it allows yeah. me to also get in front of the prospects and talk to them before they yeah. become big and so i talk to these like precious little 17 year olds and, and it's more like that league bill burr moment where like you come up across the top there's nobody there there's some scouts mm. you see keith law you say hi you know you see you see all the you see eric longenhagen you say hi like you kind of you know half the people there and then you go see these amazing prospects um and uh you're right behind home plate because there's nobody else there so like that that was a moment um but i think my the the the, the time that i felt it the most was the first time uh i i i came in on a zoom Ooh. um and uh we're on Zoom. It's okay. We're doing our best. I've had my friends, we had our Zooms, we tried. Uh but just Well, you and I have mostly communicated over the internet though. We've done that. Yeah, it's okay. But uh, there was something <clears throat> about talking to a player where I, I have to raise my hand virtually and like somebody out like i have to wait for like uh like i have to wait for all the five people because they all have seniority they're all you know they're all the local beat writers i have to give them they have to go first andrew bagley has to go first ask padley so you know like these guys have to go first i mean they they deserve it i'm not trying to get in front of them which means that i get like the last question or the second to last question and I try to get a question out there, and i and I try not to do that thing where I word the question for an hour where I'm like, Um, so anyway, I've noticed that you know with the curveball, but also with the slider, you're doing this thing, and the, the chain but but I just really wanted to ask you about the fastball you know what I mean? like yeah. try not to like overwhelm with eight million things, but I gotta fit a lot into this one question' so I'm really gonna get one question and maybe one follow up and just even watching. Someone like Charlie Morton, who I've had like great interviews with, like look at me, and like almost through the zoom, I can see him being like, "I'm gonna do my best dude, but like if you were here, we would spend twenty five minutes on this, mm-hmm. and I know that I don't have that, and so I'm gonna try and condense this down for you, you know, so I think my first zoom with a player that I have a good relationship with, like I don't know if it was Matt Olson or Marcus Semyon, or Brandon Crawford, somebody early on. I just remember just, I don't even remember the player. I just remember being like, God, can I just, oh, can I just talk to you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're doing comedy on Zoom, man, and I'll tell you, it's got it the same. It doesn't work. It has the same
3: sex with three condoms on feeling. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is that, like, it, you know, I say about it with, like, w- hanging out with someone. If you're hanging out with someone and you're, you're usually hanging out with like two or three people. And then like, if, if you stop talking, then maybe someone else starts talking and I can, Mm -hmm. and it's like a natural transition. I don't have to like switch screens, you know? And then maybe some people can talk over each other and maybe me and you can kind of separate out a conversation and they can have a conversation. And then maybe some chick slips on some water and falls down and then we all see that and laugh at it. And then that reminds someone of a story. None of that happens on Zoom. I mean, we're all just like mm-hmm. staring at this little box, like trying to, you know, hope that we get enough juice out of this little box to to yeah. to, to to make it to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Zoom really does feel
0: like those like um those seasonal affective disorder lights. <laughs>
3: but for just enough give me just enough interaction (laughs) and like of course they have rate my room and like you know memes of like cats and backgrounds or kids coming out of doors or whatever of course they do because we're staring at this little box being like you know oh maybe something will come out of that trash can behind casey i'm waiting i'm waiting (laughs) i know i have
0: been jealous of your zoom (laughs) i actually was thinking about this the other day i was like i was like the next house we buy I've been looking at, like, real estate a little bit, and I'm like, well, paint a room blue." that room, room would be a good Zoom background.
3: <laughs> you need to have, like, a jack-in-the-box back there that, like, 30 minutes into a Zoom just, like, pops out. <laughs> I'm terrified of whatever's in that trash
0: can is going to do it. <laughs> all right, I think I'm going to end it there and not take up any more of your time, but this was very fun. Edit out uh, all
3: the parts where I was offensive.
0: I'm actually going to put them all on a repeat. I'm going to make a loop machine out of you being offensive. Uh, I'll uh, be like, if
3: if none of you guys have been to the winter meetings with me, this is what it's like. (laughs) Oh dude,
0: that's the shit by the way. Like I'm going to leave this part off the podcast, but Uh it's like, it's like if, if these people knew when I didn't want to say this on the podcast, but when Donald Trump said the grab him by the pussy thing and they were like, that's so horrible. And he's like, it's just locker room talk. And then I had a friend who was like, I've been in a lot of locker rooms and it's, there's no talk like that in a locker room. And I'm like, dude, I've heard you say worse in a park. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, yes, he's a fucking horrible pervert and a racist and all of the things, but that's a bar. You bar are type. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've said worse in a, in, you know, in a car than he said on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. All
0: right. I hope you enjoyed Enosaurus, Enosaurus, Enosaurus. I did not listen to the podcast before recording this intro, so I hope you enjoyed all of the things we talked about. I know, I know, we got into it about uh, Louis CK a little bit, so I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope you consume Enos' work. I know that the Athletic is running a bunch of promotions. Uh, I have, I'm a subscriber. Um, they do a lot of great work. Eno specifically is one of the best baseball writers in the country. So, uh I hope that you go and consume Eno's work. Now, let's talk about uh let's talk about sports. I want to keep it brief because I, if I remember right, this is a long uh a long episode and I don't want really I'm sick of talking about politics. Uh
2: I'm disgusted by both sides of the duopoly. And so we may,
0: may like maybe one side more than the other but who gives a shit like they're so but they're both such self-interested corporate owned garbage
2: and I don't know I don't know what the answer is and nobody's coming to this podcast for that so um Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence the presumptive uh, first and second quarterbacks picked
0: in the NFL faced off in the first round of the college football playoff. Uh I remember seeing I've been, you know, pretty out of the loop on sports this year just because they got so delayed and then college football especially is like uh Clemson was 10 and 1 and Ohio State was 6 and 0 like the the college football as we know it is just is just a mess. The team that I care about, the Washington Huskies, didn't even seek a bowl appearance. It was a year where they were coming off of losing their starting quarterback, uh,
2: have a new head coach. You know, it's just a, it's just a, it's not a great year for college, uh, for college football. But we've all known about Trevor Lawrence. We've all known
0: that Trevor Lawrence is considered the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Um, And not that Andrew Luck was the best quarterback, but Andrew Luck was the prototype. He's 6'4", athletic, extremely intelligent, um, good enough physical tools, good enough
2: arm talent. And Trevor Lawrence is probably like a tick above physically. And he's won a national championship.
0: He's got a lot of things going for him, but I remember early in the year, I saw a highlight of Justin Fields, which is never a fair depiction of a quarterback's talent. First off, just so you know, when you watch a game on a TV screen on a broadcast, you are getting a keyhole view of the play. So these these assholes that you know that think they know everything about play calling and talk all this shit on a Sunday or Saturday, they don't know anything. They 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 know most of these people know absolutely nothing. And I'm not one to say that I am like an I'm a I'm a quarterback evaluator, okay? I think there's been I've had a I have a decent track record of picking guys like the one that I have is Kirk Cousins. When this I've said this on this podcast, when the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson, I was fucking irate because Kirk Cousins was still on the board. And I thought Kirk Cousins was gonna be
2: an NFL starter. And I was right. Um there's probably there's I'm sure there's been guys that I've missed on. Uh but I saw
0: Justin Fields earlier in the year and was like, God damn, this guy's like he has an impressive arm. He's gotta be like a first round pick. And then I looked it up and on most of the boards he's like the second quarterback off the board. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I know that Trevor Lawrence is the guy in most people's minds. But then on whatever day that was, I've I have Yet to regain my grasp of what day of the week it is, what day of
2: the month it is, but Justin Fields dominated Clemson, dominated Ohio State, and I
0: understand that the it's there's an unfair thing about. When two quarterbacks go against each other, where their their play doesn't really have any impact on the other person, right? Like you see two boxers go against each other, and both those guys play both those guys are on offense and defense in basketball, you play both sides of the ball, so you're only like what what do they say you're only as good as the the best position you can defend, or something like that um. And there's been a history in basketball of these like great scorers that just play absolutely no defense. I remember the Sonics had this dude named Flip Murray, Ronald
2: Murray, who was, he played basketball, or he played defense like the same way that uh, they, they used
0: to, when I I used to referee soccer, I refereed basketball, umpired baseball, and refereed soccer. Those were like the first jobs I had. Sometimes I think about how much I like, I've been, I'm 34 years old, I started refereeing when I was like 13 or 14, I started working full-time like a week after my 18th birthday, and have never not had a full-time job since then, plus comedy, I had a sports blog, I have had podcasts galore, failed podcasts galore, I've managed to fit most of an associate's degree in, I've managed to learn, you know, some... Some likes, you know, I've learned SQL, which is a, uh, like whatever it is, a scripting software, uh, scripting language. I've built websites and stuff like that. Sometimes I think about it and I'm like, I should be a lot more successful than my, <laughs> my efforts have yielded. Uh,
2: when you're high effort, low talent, I guess you just end up somewhere in the middle. Um, how the fuck did I get there? Uh Justin Fields boy, this is this is bad. This is bad podcasting.
0: Oh, whatever day it was. I think that's where I'm at. I think I I don't know. I don't know. Justin Fields absolutely dominated uh Clemson. Uh, of course, Justin Fields got to play against Clemson's defense. He didn't have to play against Ohio State's defense. I don't know enough about this year's football to know which of those defenses uh defense the which of those defenses has a better reputation but it has to make you think that if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at number 1 and especially with this rumor floating around that they're considering bringing Urban Meyer in to be the coach and Urban Meyer has his
2: Ohio State ties you have to wonder if Justin Fields is actually the right choice. That dude looked great. Trevor Lawrence looked scared. I I think one thing I'll say is uh Trevor Lawrence
0: comes from a program that's already produced Deshaun Watson. So I guess you're you're somewhat comfortable that a quarterback's come out of there. Have there been any Ohio State quarterbacks recently? I,
2: I don't think oh, Dwayne Haskins. The recently uh released by the Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins, is from Ohio State, so you just don't know who, who was I talking to a couple of weeks ago where i said it's it's really hard to know in the moment if you're on the right side of history, and I feel that's
0: there were a lot of people, a lot of people who thought that Ryan Leaf was a better prospect than Peyton Manning. That the Colts were stupid
2: for drafting Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. And uh, obviously they look like assholes now. Okay,
0: I think that'll be it. Um, I hope you enjoyed Inoceros. Sar- Ino he's he's a great dude, very funny guy. Um, follow me on Instagram, across all social media, at the Casey McLean. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to put some more stuff up there. Uh, The more people that subscribe, this is the thing. All I care about, the only thing that is like, that is fueling the beast right now in any way is interaction. Please, (laughs) please, I'm begging you. Subscribe,
2: comment, follow me, talk shit, troll me. I don't care. I just need to talk to someone who's not my daughter. Who's not a, who's not a, uh, what is she? She's almost 17 months, 17 months old.
0: Please do it. Okay. Uh, as, I mean, as always go, please be a patron of this podcast. There's a bunch of extra full length interviews. I also released the Gabriel Rutledge episode one full length interview video on my YouTube channel. So check that out. Subscribe. Um, thank you for listening.